0: Welcome to another episode of the Water Women Podcast, the podcast All Things Ocean. I'm your host, Jill. Hey, pals! Welcome back to another episode of the Water Women Podcast. I am so excited, as always, that you came back to join me for another episode and are here to learn with me and just hang out. So, whatever you're doing, if you're driving, relaxing, grab a coffee, you know, whatever you're doing. I'm so happy you're here and I can't wait for you guys to jump in with us. So today I'm talking to Daisy Mae Harris and they are absolutely phenomenal. We talk a lot today about overcoming obstacles and we share a similar story where we both struggled with different things throughout our academic journey and how it kind of affected our grades and De- grades definitely are important in marine biology, but they are not the be all, end all. And it's kind of nice to know that there's people out there that have also struggled with their grades. And it's something I've always told myself that I will be completely transparent about. I was never, never a straight A student, and I want people who find this podcast, especially young women thinking about going into marine biology. I want them to find this podcast, and even if they don't have the best grades, if they failed a class, if they just aren't doing well or are struggling with a learning disability or anything of the sort, I want them to know that they can still do it. They can still pursue this if it's something that they love. So I'm so excited to have Daisy on this episode to not only share our stories of struggling and overcoming those struggles for our grades, that all the amazing things that Daisy does in the water. It is so cool and I'm so excited that you're here to share it with me. Let's jump in with Daisy. So welcome to the Waterwoman podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. How about you start out by telling the listeners your full name? Okay, so
1: my name is Daisy Mae Harris. So Daisy May is actually my first name. Um, so it's not a middle name. It's my first name. I love um, that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a proper English rose name. It's <laughs> not very um, diverse or anything interesting in my mind. But yeah, I guess it
0: works. <laughs> so what made you love the ocean when did you fall in love with it and what makes you a water woman kind of thing okay um
1: I would say when I was a very young child like when I was a baby actually um I was very lucky that my dad had a piece of land on the north coast of Wales um which is by the Irish Sea and it was beautiful and he had this like static caravan dumped in the middle of this field that he was then going to develop on sustainably for local residents and in that time he just kind of took advantage of it for like um you know the summer holidays and that and he he just taught me about this amazing blue space and I just fell in love with it then i I would always want to go in it no matter what the season was particularly the winter season you know not being the coldest as October is the warmest, but yeah, I just loved it. And I'd always go in fully clothed. I'd never like wear the right attire or anything. And I just, I don't know, I just connected with it. And I also learned how a green space and a blue space connect together and how important they are. But I was definitely like not being biased for me. It's definitely more about the blue as much as though I do appreciate, appreciate the green, sorry. So I would say my massive influencer is my dad um you know he's he's a welshman himself so he's kind of got that wild aspect to him um which includes like the natural will which i so love and he just drew me in and a way that he did it to teach me was using black and white photography so we take pictures of um species particularly wetland birds or seabirds and you know, you would never know how the picture would turn out because it was disposable. So as a treat once a month, we go to Jessup's and get them printed, not ever knowing how these, the quality of the photos were gonna be. And then I would have to learn myself what that bird was by using like a bird book or something like an ID book, like the RSPB one's brilliant. And yeah, just fell in love with it and just read a little bit, you know, with his encouragement and obviously help So yeah, he he yeah. is the one that got me into it. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's amazing. <laughs> so when I was born that.
1: basically, yeah. When I was so when I was a baby. So it's always kind of been there for you for sure. Always, yeah. It's just <laughs> as I've got older, I've just it fell in love with it deeper because I've understood it further, I guess. So mm. that's that's why, yeah. <laughs>
0: I love that. So, <laughs> when did you kind of decide that you wanted to pursue it further and take it into almost a career aspect and kind of study it? Um, I I kind of knew I always wanted to pursue like a job with
1: um the marine world. I'm not really sure, not knowing like what job I wanted specifically, but I knew it was that was the environment I wanted to work in. I had no idea how I'd go about it because where I'm from originally is quite landlocked, so it's about 53 mm. miles from the nearest coastline, wow. being the north, north coast of Wales, so, yeah, it, that's quite hard. Um, and there's no real aspects or influences of doing such a career, so it was kind of like using my dad as a platform and, like, experience the environment and then kind of leading it further to other networks and that and then yeah so I just I just I just thought right this is I just so love it I can't even express to you how much I love the ocean <laughs> I know I wouldn't be here without her and I do refer her to as a female as well so if I'm oh, sexist I'm so absolutely. sorry to listen I'm so no sorry way. but for me, she's a female I feel every like energy and emotion she throws like I love it so
0: yeah so yeah yeah (laughs) that's fantastic so it was always kind of like a natural progression for you to go study this and kind of made sense that you would want to take this into a career kind of situation
1: definitely I didn't think I'd ever actually be able to study it or even get a career out of it because it's so specialized and there was nothing really provided in my hometown so that's when I had to realize oh, I'm gonna have to travel further afield you know i.e. cornwall And I was lucky as a child, I used to travel to Cornwall anyways for my holidays. And I was then exposed to this environment that I kind of already knew. And then was told, Oh, did you know, there's like a little college by the zoo that do conservation courses in like land and marine. I was like, what? So I just worked my way (gasps) up to it kind of thing. I know, literally, it was just like, word of mouth it was it wasn't advertised or anything it was word of mouth so it was like it was like a god was praying like praying to me that day saying yes daisy this this is it this is your opportunity though i'm not religious or anything the god is the ocean to me so her Absolutely. Basically. goddess sorry yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how was your path through school like did you jump right into marine science where did you start kind of how did you take it here um,
1: so while I was studying, um, well, while I was at primary and secondary school, I always had that influence of Marine because of going there, um, to visit in holidays and everything like that because of my dad. And we would travel a lot of the Welsh coast as well. I'm pretty sure we've done majority of it. And then Pembrokeshire as well, which is one of my favourite parts of Wales. It's just absolutely stunning. And I always had that and that was something I always look forward to. But Educational-wise, it was awful. I despised secondary school because I was very misunderstood because I wasn't... I wouldn't say I was, like, the same as the other girls there. They mm. kind of inspired this five, like, step in life, and I didn't want that. I kind of just wanted to, like, explore the world in the natural sense yeah. and that, and they, they had, like, a set routine of what they wanted to do. I didn't. I just really wanted to go with the flow. Um, but I always wanted to learn about the natural environment and species that inhabit it, particularly the ocean. Um, but not only that, um, I'm heavily dyslexic and dyscalculi as well. And that was something that was recognised when I was at primary school. And when I got to secondary school, there was no kind of support. And the school I was at was very much like hierarchical. They were very much into like, they had to be the best, the best type of thing. Yeah. And I just, I just didn't fit into that. And then science wasn't brilliant because it wasn't what I needed to learn to carry on a career, if that makes sense. Okay. And I actually remember I so struggled with mathematics particularly. And I remember being told that I said, you know when they have the conversations with like oh what would you like to do when you leave school I'm like well I'd love to work with animals you know I really love the ocean and I remember the teacher I won't say their name basically said Daisy I wouldn't get your hopes up because I don't think you'll ever reach that state you know you've got to look at it in the sense that you're not academic in the sense your your intellectual values aren't great they're very low and that was soul destroying so I wow. guess when I was born that I know it was was basically I was being called stupid which was really heartbreaking actually because um just because I was different and just because I looked at life in a different way to others you know it it made me stupid and then I've met some people that have had the same experience actually which in a sense is quite nice though I would never wish that upon anyone but it's actually the way you're taught it not you don't hate it. It's the way you're taught it to make you dislike it. Yeah. And actually that made a lot of sense because you know, I just I so struggled with mathematics and yeah. that broke me. And then I wasn't allowed to study geography, which was my only kind of top topic I was interested in because it was only like specific students that could do it for their last year kind of thing and it was it was full and all yeah, it was horrible. I oh I hated goodness. it. So I I um I couldn't say secondary school helped me to where I am today. It was definitely like my self motivation, you know, and then meeting others in the same predicament. So, yeah, I didn't, I know school was awful for me to sum it up. Yeah.
0: I'm so sorry your teacher spoke to you like that. That is absolutely awful. And no one should ever be talked to that way, first and foremost. But like dyslexia and dyscalculia are not huge like they're barriers but they're not career ending life ending barriers they are things that can easily be overcome well like easily but like with work and working through it can be overcome and like it's not something that can stop you from doing what you are so I love that you kind of took that in stride and were like okay so here's what you say but here's what I'm gonna do and kind of went on to pursue it anyways so you went on to pursue wildlife photography which makes a lot of sense now, knowing the stories about your father and you taking the photos of the birds and everything. So it kind of was very fitting, huh? <laughs> I I guess, yeah. I mean,
1: wildlife photography is, isn't my actual, like, I don't specialise in it. No. It's something that I do as a hobby, but I, I so love it. Because, yeah, it's just something I absolutely love. Like underwater photography I love because I do a lot of um, cold swimming, and wild swimming, free diving and snorkelling. And I just love looking at the world in a different aspect and for me those are my memories it's a way to learn of that species in the environment and actually how it can change over a certain period of time which I've noticed particular areas in Cornwall have unfortunately um but it's just like it amazes me that such species and this environment exist. and when you take a picture and you share that so my social media is Facebook and Instagram and I post a lot because I have a lot of people interested in what I do. So it's not yeah. just to be selfish or anything. It's basically to educate them and to engage with them and actually show them this is an issue. And actually, these animals do exist. So it, I, I do it from that point of view, rather than being like selfish, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to share it in like social media. I've talked about this before, but has provided such an amazing platform for this. Like you're getting exposed to animals like people that live in the tropics are not going to be exposed to the animals that like you and I are exposed to because we live in cold yeah. water environments. And so I, they have the ability to see what we've got down there. And now we can easily see what they've got down there. And it's really providing such an awesome learning opportunity. That is just amazing.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you. Like, I, um, just to add on, if that's okay. I think yeah, a lot absolutely. of people don't realize, Um, so where I'm located, we have the North Atlantic Ocean. Um, and a lot of people don't realise how diverse and rich it is with species and the density yeah. of it. Um, so, for example, every February, yeah, you probably like this. We get humpback whales that visit to migrate here. Yes. I know, literally, i have not seen them yet because they're such buggers to see because they travel all of the north coast, kind of up and down feeding. And I hadn't been here when they um, when they did visit. But, oh, my God, the footage and the amount of people that footage kind of outreached and then made them want to go outside and look for this stuff whale. It's like so amazing because it's like a flagship species. It's a species that is known. But yeah. not only that, aren't they just so beautiful? You know, angel wings so on the ocean. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I, I still have my uh, I still want to see one because I have never seen one in the wild um so it's still my opportunity yeah I know it's terrible isn't it I oh. yeah I've got a lot of species on my bucket list to see but in the wild only so yeah but there you go people would think oh we'd have to travel to the subtropics um, to see them I'm like no you have them in the North Atlantic they're just they're migratory they come here to feed. so and they're like no I'm like yes honestly so it's kind of like a learning curve isn't it
0: it's like wow we really do have these species in our water on our doorstep right yeah. so. absolutely and even like the species that we have that aren't migratory that are like specific to our areas like so underrated so cool like there are certain species that I remember when I started my marine biology I was like thinking like tropical and I was like okay it's kind of cool and then like where I'm from we have the Bay of Fundy which is we have the highest highest tides in the entire world which promotes a lot of like intertidal species so my schooling focused a lot on intertidal species And at first I was like, gross. I don't care. I like whales. (laughs) And then like, as I was doing it, I was like, oh my God, these are so cool. These are unreal. I still like whales better, but they're pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) So it's kind of cool to understand and like find your love for the things that are around you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And to be taught that, you don't really understand it until you taught it so there's always yeah. that aspect isn't it about the intertidal species you kind of you need to be exposed to that environment to be actually like you know a bit a bit like overwhelmed at first cuz it's like wow these these are real a good
0: word for that yeah yeah,
1: yeah <laughs> i would say so definitely
0: but yeah your first <laughs> introduction to like a super cool marine species is going to be overwhelming like i will never forget the first time In my adult life, that I can easily remember that I saw a whale. Like I was on the boat, and I was just like, my eyes were huge, my mouth was like literally wide open, and I was like, okay, 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 I'm I'm sold. This is what I'm doing forever. Like it was just end of the line (laughs) for me. I knew. And you're not always gonna know. Like you're not always gonna have that, yeah, straight line. But it's always gonna be an overwhelming experience of this is, unreal
1: yeah definitely oh I no really that's good. so beautiful the way you speak about humpback whales like oh, that is definitely them. your yeah no I love that oh
0: I can I'm feel that as... even
1: through virtually
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm known as whale girl so oh, I, I have that. my like uh whale necklace I have a whale tattoo um there's one whale that's a gift from a friend that's a gift from a friend so like it's to the point where like the only gifts I get whale gifts which i'm not complaining about i love it like (laughs) it's fantastic that's
1: brilliant that is amazing
0: (laughs) so where did your schooling journey take you after secondary school then if you didn't have such a great experience with post-secondary or with secondary school and did it kind of it must have deterred you a little bit like kind of like do i want to pursue this do Um... i want to do this
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, don't get me wrong, it it really upset me. It made me feel like such an invalid human being, you know, and Which is incorrect. Yes, I now know that, but at that moment in time being so young, you don't you don't really understand your possibilities until you're you're kind of given them, if that makes sense. So it, yeah. yeah, it did distraught me, but then that love for animals let's use animals as my like line—was always always going to be there, you know. Um, so I then went on to college at Fast Church Walford College, and I did animal care and management, which was the closest I was going to get in the sense of my hometown to do animal related. Yeah. Um. studies but for me I did my two years and I didn't do my third year because I hated it it was countryside management agricultural okay and, and this and th- that's when I was kind of learning about it you know and the issues that come with it from an ethical and moral side of the the uh, species welfare and that and I thought I, I just can't support this you know this is not what I want to do but it gave me an idea actually how many different types of jobs you can do within the animal sector yeah. as a whole my god but that wasn't for me so I got a subsidiary degree meaning I didn't get the whole degree and then that's when I was like I had a year off and I worked and I kind of ventured and that was like hmm, what should I do and I and I was like do you know what I really need to get my mathematics because I never got my mathematics in GCSE and I've always loved photography I love wildlife and then I went on to do wildlife photography, and I on the side I was getting my GCSE in maths, which I achieved, um, and then that led me on to the opportunity of going to Cornwall to study my A levels in Pacific Science that I needed for marine. So it kind of naturally flowed through, really. But it was never easy. It wasn't like a you know a quick step. It was very up and down, roller coaster like. Yeah. But I I got there, and to be honest, it happened for a reason. You know, it wasn't supposed to be a smooth ride. It was supposed to be a bit, Absolutely. you know, bumpy to give you life experiences. So, Absolutely. yeah, no, I'm I'm glad I I'm glad I went to the first college because it certainly opened my eyes to this this industry. Let's say that I wasn't for. So yeah, that was good yeah. in a sense.
0: Absolutely, and nobody's path is going to be exactly linear. Like everybody is no. going to have ups and downs and bumps and that's like going into it thinking like okay I'm gonna graduate I'm gonna go to this school and get this and do this and this and this is kind of like a you're setting yourself up almost for failure because it's not gonna happen like that like I remember thinking like like when I graduated high school I was like okay I'm gonna go to university I'm gonna get my undergrad in my undergrad degree in four years I'm gonna go do a master's right away I'm going to get my PhD. Like, I'm just going to, it's going to be so easy. And then, like, my first two years of undergrad, I was like, oh, this is hard. This is a lot of work. And I ended up graduating in five years and, like, taking, like, there's always going to be bumps that you don't expect. And it's, like, the sooner you can just be like, okay, these bumps are part of the ride. It's the best part.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more that it's so nice to hear others that haven't had this smooth ride, because actually when I speak to individuals that say that it's been all smooth, I just feel that's not realistic enough. And I feel like Mm. they haven't learned particular life values that have led them to where they are today. You know, so, you know, I'm pleased that it did work out for them. But I would say for 98% of us, it's very it's like the ocean on a bad day isn't it when Absolutely. the waves are going crazy when the waves are going crazy it's beautiful all her emotions and her energy expels out of her so
0: it can wavy be a good days are my favorite so you know i love that wavy days that's
1: cute <laughs>
0: i love it pursuing science in general whatever you're going to pursue is going to be complicated you're going to have difficulties you're going to have moments where you're like that's it i'm done i don't want to do it anymore But it's being able to like overcome that and being like, no, I love this and finding why you love it and finding why you want to do it, even if it involves creating a whole like side project, like a podcast of some sort to remind you why you (laughs) love it, because that's partially why I came up with Water Women. Like I, it was January here and like when you're studying marine science and when you can be on the water, you're loving it. Yeah, it's perfect. It's so easy. It's so easy to focus and be like, oh, this is why I'm doing this. But then if you live in a place like Canada or where you are and you get like <laughs> winters and you get cold and you're not out on the ocean every day, it's like, why am I doing this? What's the ocean? Like what's what's why? <laughs> and so I was freezing one day and I was like, I need to talk to someone about the water. And this was born. So like finding a reason to love what you love again is so important and to pursue that with that.
1: I so feel that from you as well. I can feel your energy coming through my laptop. It's it's like infectious in a very good manner. Like it's it's lovely. It really is. <laughs> I'm, you, you should be so proud of setting up this and giving other women, you know, that love water as well, the opportunity to speak about it. So thank you.
0: I love <laughs> it. I love just kind of showcasing so many different women and being like, hey literally anyone can do this and i especially love that you're being so open with struggling with dyslexia and dyscalculia because it affects so many more people than than it's known or like than people think it does like it's a big thing that is not really touched on a lot and so for people listening to this podcast that hear you be like hey i struggled with this and now i'm still doing great are going to be like oh cool i can definitely do that
1: Definitely I, I love that and also it's taken me a long time to get to that point and actually accept it's a part of me because for a long time I was in denial because I thought I don't really want, I, I'm i so frightened of what people would think knowing that I have these titles or labels oh, yeah. or whatever and thinking oh, actually she might not be able to be that good enough in marine conservation because she struggles in particular parts. And actually once you get past that point of acceptance and actually realise that's who you are, that's when you are the best you and that's when you feel like you can take on the world. So I would so want to inspire other people, women in my predicament where they felt so invalid as a human being that actually know you are so valid and everything you do is amazing. So to speak out about that and actually kind of give other people, you know, a relief in the sense like oh oh god at least I'm not the only one because that's how I felt for a long time you see um so it's 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 amazing that I can share that and be honest about it I try and be open as possible without being hurtful so there you go (laughs) that's my honesty to you all
0: I love that the way like the way you said like the way it's like be honest about having it and realizing that it's you're still enough and that it doesn't define you like, as you can tell, just watching me, I struggle heavily with ADHD. Like, I am, like, literally all over this place. Yes. But – and for a while, I was, like, I'm too much. I don't want people to know. I, I can't yeah. focus. Like, I can't focus, so my grades are bad, so that means I'm not smart. And, like, yeah. realizing that it's just who I am and that I can still do well with it and that I can still yeah. – like, realizing that you're not your label – huge momentous experience to be like i'm a person i'm a person yeah. who has this but i can still do whatever i want
1: that's so amazing that's a really good saying actually that you're not your label but you are who you are i love that, that oh. but i can feel that i yeah i can really understand that and i hope that the listeners that you have feel that as well if they've ever been in that predicament because sadly yeah. a lot of women and men have unfortunately you know like the amount of um, one of the girls I used to study with, she was basically told she was stupid because she had dyslexia and it never knocked her down. And she did so well in her studies and got a first in the end. So, you know, it was like a massive, like, you know, kind of like, I can't, I don't want to be rude, but like, it was like a massive, like, look, well, look what I've achieved by what you've told me.
0: I've done it. You know,
1: it's like that self confidence in a sense it's like it's like yeah i did this and i was always told that i wouldn't be able to do it it's such a beautiful feeling and when you see others express that as well i find that so meaningful
0: absolutely it's kind of nice to like in a nice like respectful way like rub it in someone's face
1: yeah
0: like to have those teachers that said oh i don't know if you're going to be able to do that to go back and be like look what i did look Mm -hmm. at that it's like yeah girl exactly
1: (laughs) empowerment isn't it it's like yes I love that it's a shame in society that we have that isn't it that we still have teachers or individuals in your life that tell you you're not good enough because you you don't get the most amazing grades and that like is it really all about that isn't it you as an individual and what you do to make you happy without you know being being hurtful to anyone or disrespecting anyone and animals of course you know and just developing as a human being like i just i don't know why we're like that we should be more communal rather than like individual communities if that absolutely. makes sense absolutely
0: and i've said this before and i will say it again grades not everything they're definitely Thank important you. like you do have to put your work like work into it but grades yeah. not important at all and i have one of my profs i was emailing her to be a reference letter when i was applying for my like postgrad and i was like hey will you be a reference for me blah 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 i'm a little concerned about my gpa because i struggled with sitting down to study so like when it came to tests yeah. like i was like i don't know but i knew all the information and she was like let me tell you something when it comes to what you're doing passion is the most important thing if you're willing to put the work in and if you're excited about what you're doing, which obviously you are, you're gonna succeed. You're putting the work in. It's not always gonna come down to grades. And it's like in some cases grades are inconsequential. Like they really as long as you pass even, then you're good. Like C's get degrees kind of thing.
1: She made a lot of sense that woman, whoever was she's that amazing. big influence in your life. She sounds amazing. She sounds like she's very realistic as well because the amount like I would never name and shame anyone, but some of the students I, I studied with were very focused on grades, like it was getting the best grade, and for me, I love the outdoor world, so that is the best way for me to learn, you know, and I was proud of what I, I got for grades, to be honest, considering I was told that I would never have made it, so for me, it's really, like, you know, personal, so, absolutely, but. but it's the bigger picture isn't it you know it's amazing to have all this knowledge and good grades and that but you do need the outdoor experience because that's where you learn the most because as you know the marine environment changes all the time it adapts it evolves everything so it's not always going to be the same it's Going to be very different, and the best way to explain someone is seeing it for yourself and telling them. Do you know what I mean?
0: Absolutely.
1: So, yeah, I, I feel that she she was a very sensible lady.
0: <laughs> She's amazing. And for uh, my friends listening, that went to the same school that I did, it was Barb. Just giving Barb a shout out. Everyone's going to know hey, it was Barb. <laughs> Barb's amazing. Barb's everyone's oh. like favorite prof. You either like really love Barb, or you're like Barb's class was the hardest class I've ever taken in my entire life, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> uh, which it is, but. um and I think there's something to be said about those kids that are super passionate about their grades. Like that's so good for you. And I'm so happy that you yeah. are putting that work in and you're getting these results, but like, there's no right or wrong here. Like we're both on the same level kind of thing. Like yeah. just cause I don't have the best grades as you, the same grades to you doesn't mean I'm not as smart or on the same level yeah. or deserve to just be treated with respect from yeah. that. Like there's like, I, I have some friends that I went to school with that are probably the smartest humans I've ever met in my entire life. Like weirdly smart. And not once did they ever make me feel stupid for not receiving the same grades as them, which is a big, big thing. Like there has been so many of my friends that will do excellent on a test. And then they're like, Oh, how'd you do? And I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. And they're like, okay, no worries. And like, just then the next test they'll be like, Hey, do you want to study together? And I'm like, yeah, maybe that would be great. And like, I'm so incredibly thankful that I have friends like that and that people who are getting those good grades are not just like they're putting in the work too they're working hard they like it's kind of like flip sides of the coin like whichever side of the coin you're on you're going to be like this is the best side or like this side has the hardest troubles but like everyone's going through the same journey and like we talked about like the bumps and everything you don't know somebody else's bumps no so, like, exactly. just because they're getting good grades doesn't mean they're having the best time. So, I love yeah. that we're touching on both of those and being like, everyone's having a great time.
1: Yeah, no, totally agree with you. Yeah, because unfortunately, um, doing my degree, there were some people that would very much show off about their de- yeah uh, their grades, and you know, for someone that might have only just passed, meant the world to them you know and I don't know if they were realizing what they were doing but actually it was quite a hurtful act you know um, absolutely because some people are so proud of what they got and they may have not even got the best in the sense of what you perceive that as the best so you know I yeah I would always keep the grace to myself to be honest and if someone asked me I'd be like well yeah I'm pleased with what I've got and they would be like okay that's grand but some people would be like well what did you get I'm like doesn't matter what I got yeah yeah. exactly and it's like what do you need to know does that change your opinion on me just because I'm I've I've been given a number for specific you know exam or piece of assignment or something you know so I'm only human at the end of the day
0: (laughs) exactly like there's nothing wrong with getting bad grades and there's nothing wrong with getting good grades it's just don't shame anyone for getting one or the other kind of thing
1: just got a meat in the middle haven't you (laughs)
0: exactly just to balance it out (laughs) exactly (laughs) so after you went to pursue this you do you're doing so many cool water things now like you're doing you have your oh my goodness I can't speak um you're a marine mammal like medic on that team you do marine mammal strandings orca surveys tell us about all those things
1: Okay, so um, when I first came to Cornwall, I had no idea how outstanding the marine and land network there is between each community, you know, and how diverse it is and how much it covers. So when I first went to uni, there was an academy called Beach Rangers, which was funded through the National Lottery. And it's a five-year project that unfortunately finishes on the 31st of May this year. I oh, know uh, it's come round so quick, and they funded me to do my marine, sorry, my British Divers Marine Life Rescue, being a marine mammal medic. So it's ninety pound to do the training, and then it's thirty pound a year to sign up as a medic to get involved with the rescues. So they paid for all of that because I got so involved with what they do, which was a, basically engaging, um, with members of the public, children, schools, and whatnot. Um, through my local marine group which is nuclear marine group um they also paid for me to do my strandings as well so through the former wildlife trust it's called the marine stranding network and that's basically where you go out and deal with um marine mammals in particular that, that have died and taking data for them and putting that into a 25 year period data set which they've already kind of accumulated 25 years of data which is amazing you know because you can then look into hot spots so say there's a particular area in Cornwall where common dolphins are washing up and they've got they've got a lot of entanglement markings or they wash up with large pieces of entanglement that could reflect on the health of that area regarding fisheries so it's important it's data such as that because it goes directly to the government to be like hey our common dolphins are washing up in high numbers a year at this season, entangled. Please, can we put a protective measure in? Can we make the laws, you know, more serious? You know, it's it's a real yeah. shout out to the government to protect these species. And I know it sounds very weird, but it's the best way to get real close to an animal and observe it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, because sometimes sense. they... <laughs> I know it's a bit more, but I am sorry for those that... It... <laughs> it upsets them in the sense you're dealing with an animal that is no longer here but when they're fresh they're like freshly washed up like a day not even a day old that that i can't even explain to you like dealing with a common dolphin for example they're known for like hourglass shapes they have like this two-tone cream and yellow color with gray and they're about three meters big as a mature adult and the detailing and the markings on them with these two-tone colors are beautiful you know oh, they're imagine. looking at their teeth their anatomy their biology everything. it's, it's amazing and, and it also actually makes you want to protect these animals further like i don't want these animals washing up disease like why is this happening right i'm gonna act more upon it so being a medic and a strandings volunteer actually really worked because sometimes you could go out and deal with a, a live rescue say for a gray seal they make up 98% of our rescues. <laughs> they like to be rescued, apparently. Um, You know, and sometimes they could be in such poor nutritional and body um state that they just don't make it, you know. And you have to be ready for that because yeah. it's quite hard not to be emotionally attached to these animals. So oh, yeah. I, I kind of have them hand in hand and I have my own kit ready for both, really. So... Um, but there are dedicated volunteers in Cornwall that have been doing it for years and they just know it so well. So it's all because of beach rangers. I was able to have these uh, training sessions done and to be paid for because I just made myself, you know, known in the community in Newquay, which is where I'm based. So yeah, yeah through my local marine group as well. So it's it's a lot of people to praise, really, because they all kind of help you build towards your yourself really and i always tell myself i love to be diverse always be diverse always get involved in however much you can because you never know what's gonna be around the corner you don't know what the next change will be you know so yeah so they're just some and then orca surveys i've done a few so orca survey. (laughs) whales <laughs> porpoises you, no way you dolphin.
0: do orca surveys that is i do orca surveys
1: um, i actually so... just want
0: to jump in really quickly before we start oh, yeah, talking I'm about sorry. that. no 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 absolutely keep going and the way you said like you want to be good at like all these things and have your hand kind of on all these things i love that it always reminds me of the quote i literally just like searched up the full quote because i wanted to remember it and it's like jack of all trades is a master of none but oftentimes better than a master of one. And it's like, oh, yeah. you can be really good at a bunch of little things without being like a, a god at one thing. Like yeah. you like to be able to be like, okay, I'm a medic here. I can help with stranding or like, oh, we're going to a stranding. Perfect. Great. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, it died. Okay. Well, that's okay. Like I can also help with that. And like, kind of like, it's amazing that you can kind of have your hand in all those different pots and kind of go from there. I love that <laughs> I think I think it depends on what you perceive it as obviously it
1: can be quite greedy that you want to do so much in you know oh, limited no. time but you're not it's amazing how much time you have and if you really want something you will achieve that no matter exactly. what anyone tells you you know so I yeah. have just been so lucky that I've been offered to do projects because I really did throw myself in the deep end and I said hey I really want to help I want to do conservation in marine particularly but that led me on to land based projects as well so as much as I love the blue space the green space came into it as well so example I'm, I'm part of the project now where we're conserving our local dunes because of um, coastal erosion they've mm. been really badly affected and we're finding ways to kind of you know to conserve them so using old pine trees like christmas trees bales of hail oh, cool. and that and and kind of push them in areas where the uh the dunes themselves have eroded massively and actually watching all the sand build up again and forming a dune is like you know so things like that you know I, I get it that marine mammals in particular like the animals that are so loved i get it like come on yeah. wh- oh, whales are amazing you know i so understand that but it's everything else as well because it all balances each other out so dunes are just as important as whales in some cases and starfish are just as important as seals do you know what i mean they i love that connection with all the marine species and the yeah environment.
0: absolutely i love so that. i want to
1: have my hand in all of them you know ethically and sustainably obviously um you know I I want to do my best for them because I know that's why I'm here this is what I do and this is why I exist so I just so want to be a part of that and I can't even express to you enough how much I love that and the idea that I can do all of that it's just like
0: absolutely oh it's so nice to know that like you're making a difference in different ways like why wouldn't you thank want you. to I love that
1: thank you and you no. are
0: though do you remember that oh, thank you now tell <laughs> me more about these orca surveys because that is so cool
1: <laughs> so it's a UK uh UK based charity and they work with um ferries particularly and cruise ships and basically they, I was silly I was very lucky I was visited three times for the uni. And on the way you do have encounters with whales. So particularly particular sorry, particularly our Minky whales. I we have love quite a minky lot of I, know, I love them too. You know, I love their nickname stinky Minkies because in the spring that's when their breath stinks the mackerel. Yeah, I know. And you smell that. Oh my God. Yeah.
0: I actually know I know that a lot of my friends who are going to be listening to this episode are going to give me a hard time because I complain about minkies a lot and say that I hate minkies
1: no come on
0: well so I worked on a whale watching boat for a really long time and like the past two summers like all we've had were minkies and like I love minkies they're fantastic but when you see them every day it's kind of like okay (laughs) it's a (laughs) minky but um (laughs) So I will complain about them. But I love minkies and I think they are so cool. I love them. They're so cool. So I'm so excited that you get to see them.
1: Yeah, we, we do quite regularly, actually. And just off the coastline, which is beautiful, you know, oh, there's a minky. And sometimes in the spring you can smell them and it is, it is, oh gosh, it hit oh, you. Yeah, they are stinky minkies, but you know that's just what they do as a species, and it makes me appreciate it. And they're one of the smaller species of whales, so it's just like, oh, I just love it. Small, thirty. <laughs> yeah, feet well, what, yeah. well, yeah. You know, um, in the sense of in comparison to a blue whale or a that yeah. whale, they are tiny. <laughs> yeah, I know. So. I always like
0: love saying that. I'm like, and this is like the smallest whale that we get here. People are like, oh, small, and I'm like, well, thirty feet, and they're like, that's not small, and I'm like. <laughs> comparatively comparatively it is
1: yeah it very much is so um that. and then we get a lot of porpoises which is lovely mothers and calves particularly um this is like the summer season so when you come out of spring into the summer this is when the surveys happen for the Isles of Scilly and they do winter ones as well and then we do get basking sharks there as well so they do get recorded though there oh, um yeah yeah i've never seen one personally um in cornwall i have seen a basking shark but just not in cornwall And then our commons and bottlenose dolphins. So and we do get rizzos as well, which are the Pacific species. Yes, we do, we do get rizzos. Yeah, I know. Um, so it's surveying them really and it's quite in depth in the sense of the science so you're surveying the distance the lat and long, the species which way they're breaching, what behaviour they're doing and then then that's all compiled into this data set so you um, I got, actually say that again with beach rangers I got my ORCA paid for as well which I think off the top of my head was about £60 and that was for a day surveying and then you have to do so many surveys kind of work your way up to the best one to do is the Bay of Biscay that is the top one because that's where all the marine mammals are (laughs) you know you've got your state whales your northern right whales you know your minkies of course you know gray whales everything they're just all there your dolphins your porpoises everything so that's something you have to work up to that's how so you have to do so many surveys but I've only done ours silly and I love that because I I really love the journey so yeah Yeah. it's definitely a charity I'd look into if it's something you're interested in
0: absolutely (laughs) that is awesome Um, well if there's anywhere that people want to follow along with you and your photography on any social medias, where can they find you? So I'm on Facebook, so Daisy May
1: Harris, and then Instagram, but it's not like it's not like specifically wildlife photography, it's like my life. Yeah, on absolutely. Instagram, which is um Daisy Harris Twenty.
0: Um okay. so yeah,
1: you can follow me on there as well. Um and yeah, they're the two main platforms. I work on, really. But um, can I just add something, if that's okay? Absolutely, yeah. Um, This is a really important opportunity. So talking about being a marine mammal medic, um, so it's across the UK, it's a UK-based charity, and at the moment in Cornwall, we are raising funds to build a new seal hospital unit because we are getting so many seals in. We've already had over 100, and it's only been four months of doing Um, rescuing so yeah we've had quite a few in and the Cornwall Seal Sanctuary is a massive um, organisation that rehabilitates the seals in Cornwall as well as BDMLR but we are trying to raise funds we're trying to raise 30 grand all together we're already made halfway but I can provide you all the details and if that yes. can be shared with this podcast I'd so appreciate it absolutely so, and there'll be more information about the charity there and if you are UK based how you can get involved with becoming marine mammal medic that might lead on to other opportunities abroad and overseas etc so yeah yeah so it's for the absolutely. seals basically in Cornwall they need um a medical facility to provide with the amount that we rescue really so yeah I just thought I'd add that on I'd be like absolutely
0: Absolutely. (laughs) that will be linked down in the description you'll be able to find that thank
1: you I so appreciate that
0: of course well thank you for joining me today on the podcast it was absolutely fantastic to have you on and I can't wait to share this episode Thank you so much for having me. You've just been wonderful. I can't stop smiling. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Water Women Podcast. I love sharing these stories with you, and I love that you love to listen. Make sure if you like the podcast, you're leaving a review and liking and subscribing to the podcast. It really helps us out. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Water Women Podcast and on Twitter at Water Women Pod. You can also check out more from us, including quizzes, blog posts, and shop our site at waterwomenpodcast.ca. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, stay salty!